Hello, welcome to Stoppage Time, week five. We're out here Wednesday night, Halloween night here in Hanover. It's a festive time. We're launching into some music by popular request from my friend Nizzy. It's about the French national team. It's called Merchant de Sable, part of my French, by Veggie Dream. It's about all about the national team. So, hope you enjoy.
All right, welcome back to Stoppage Time. We're here in week five on this spooky Halloween. I'm Gavin Colbert in the booth. I'm Marie Alonzo. Out here on the third floor of Robinson, we have an exciting episode for you guys today. Uh, you want to tell us something a little spooky here? You know, um, I was looking for a Halloween costume today, and I was going to be Real Madrid, but uh, I couldn't find a trash bag. So, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, I don't have a costume anymore. Do you have any costumes today? Um, I guess the only, like, kind of, like, trick that I have or is menus poor form. Uh, oh, okay, that wasn't even a good one. Okay, so we're here in the studio today with a friend of mine, a guest on our show who loves soccer. She's going to introduce herself because her name is kind of difficult for me. <laughs> uh, I'm Paula Karabatakis. Well, welcome, Paula. Good to have you on the show. Want to talk about why do you like soccer? How? What relation do you have with soccer? I heard, uh, like, through the vine that... You might, your father might own a, own a club in Europe? What's this about? Um, yeah, so I'm really into soccer because my dad owns um, a soccer team back in Cyprus called Ayak Larnaca. Um, interesting story, it used to be two different teams, Pesoporikos and EPA, that were both Larnaca teams, but they combined in 1994 and formed Ayak. And... Um, I almost got bankrupt in 2011, so my dad was like, okay, I'm going to step in here. So he bought the team, and um, since then, everything's been great. Like, we won a cup, we won a Super Cup. Um, we're the favorite to win the champions, like the championship this year in Cyprus, which is great, and I hope that works out. That's um, so awesome. Yeah. Give us a little background, too. What is, where is Cyprus? <laughs> <laughs> So Cyprus is a little island in the middle of the Mediterranean. It's um, eth like we're ethnically Greek, but it's not actually a part of Greece. <laughs> um, Some yeah. geopolitical tension here. That's okay. We love it here on Stoppage Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's the answer to the question, Gavin. Okay, okay, good. Um, so I see on your snapshot that you're often watching the games. How do you, how do you access the games and, and do you keep up with it and you watch every single game? Yeah, I watch every single game between four or five times. I watch it on online on Citanet, which is like the World Wide Web. Um, yes, the, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I buy every game. I have to buy it every time I watch it. So Ooh. my dad Ooh. gives me an allowance every month to watch games, which is really <laughs> nice. So cool. You don't get yeah. a special code, no. a special cheat code. No, can't no. give us any. No, because the money goes into the team, so it's still oh. our money. Ooh, ooh, smart, smart. That's business right there. Yeah. Yeah. So was your dad interested in the team before he bought the team? Yeah, so my grandfather used to play for Peso Borigos, um, which was like one of the two teams that became Ike. Um And then, so my dad used to go with his dad to every match after um, my granddad stopped playing. But then he died in 2006, so it was hard for my dad to go to the game. So until I was 9 or 10, I think I didn't really get that much involved into soccer but um it's a really important thing not just for my family not just for my dad but um for everyone especially in Larnaca it's like you know here everyone like everywhere you go people are talking about politics all the time in Cyprus everywhere you go like at a restaurant at school like on the bus everyone's always talking about soccer so it's a huge part of our identity yeah. that's so cool and what's it like at the games what's the stadium called and like can you describe the atmosphere so we used to be in a stadium called Z, which was the Larnaca Stadium. And then my dad um, helped build 
Ayaka Arena, um, which he built in memory of my granddad. Um, so it's it seats I think seven thousand four hundred people because Cyprus is really small. It's like our I think our whole like town district is eighty thousand people. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not a huge stadium, but it's like it's what we have and it's what we need. Um, it's it's like a religion. So like everyone's always really heated in the stadium. Everyone's always chanting. It's like I don't know. I I I wait the entire like when when I'm back home, I wait the entire week just to go to a game and like you step into the stadium and then you see the lights and then like you hear everyone like chanting for specific members of the team. It's just it it really feels like home. Like I think that's what I wait for. Like for break, I'm I don't really care about going to Cyprus. I care about like going to the stadium, and like we go every day with my dad. Like after work, he picks me up from home and we go to the stadium and just sit there for like a while and talk about our days. Like it's it's just home. Wow, that's that's very very cool. <laughs> um, and how are they doing this year in in the league? And talk about the playing in Europe, the big time. What's it like there? Yeah, so um, the the last three years we've qualified for Europa and we've actually like made playoffs, um, or yeah, uh, this year and we're not doing that well, to like to be quite frank. But the fact that we're a tiny country with a tiny budget and like very like a lot of people don't know that Cyprus is actually a country, let alone has like teams in Europa League, um, and we're one of the two teams that are in Europa League and we're playing. FC Zurich and Bayer and like Ludogorets, which are really, really amazing teams. Like even playing them and scoring against them and we're playing really well. I think to me that's what matters, not like winning because we've come a lot farther than we, we have in the past. Um, and as far as the AEG championship goes, like the, the league in uh, or the league in Cyprus, we're currently third, but we're two games behind everyone else because we're in Europa League. So that's like, that's really, really good. Um, and as I said, we're a favorite to get the championship this year. So here's hoping. That's really, really cool. I am a huge Chelsea fan, as you guys might know. And so for me, it was kind of a letdown being in the Europa League and not the Champions League. But, but for the small teams, especially from like Cyprus, it's amazing for them to like be on this, on this global stage. Honestly, like a global stage European football is the big deal in the entire world. Yeah, I know. Like My favorite team is a small Norwegian team, and they're in Europa League for the first time, too. And it's, like, the biggest thing. So, but for us, the team, Sarpsburg Nilotze, they, like, they've been doing well in Europa League, relatively, but their at-home games, they've been, like, doing terribly because they don't have enough players to make it really, like, competitive each week. So how does your team cope with that? Because clearly you're doing well on the table right now, and can you keep that up if you keep playing in the Europa League? I think... Well, it's difficult because a lot of our, like, we have really bad injuries. So um, we have, I think, three of our best players are injured at the moment. But um, it's a good opportunity to let other people get into the game. And we know how the other teams in our league work. So we know how to beat them without our best players. And we're kind of using that to train our not-so-best players so that they're ready in Europa League. And I think just, like, playing it day by day is the most important thing. And like like looking at the table, I'm, I'm gonna pronounce this terribly, but Apollo and Nicosia. Yeah. I know they've been like the big big kids on the block for a while, and they've been going to the Champions League, Europa League, whatever. So, how how are they dealing with the rise of your club? 
they're not loving it. And the president of Apoel isn't like a huge fan of my dad because like he's been like the president of Apoel, he's been around for a long, long time. And they've been sort of sort of static. They haven't they haven't been doing that well this year. Um they got out of Champions League and they got out of Europa League too. And um you know, I'm not a really big fan of their like the way that they handle certain things. Um but I think well and they're like their club's kind of in trouble financially at the moment. So like that's also a reason to why they're not doing so great. Um I don't really look at them though. I don't really I don't really care enough to watch their games. Like I'll watch like a game of another team once in a while, but I don't like to spend the time watching teams like Apoel or North Sea. I don't really like them very much, so I don't like I stick to my what what I like need to do. You know what I mean? Do you guys have a big rival in the league? Um, I think Apoel and, and um, Anorthosia are our big rivals. Anorthosia is like another team that's based in Larnaca, but they're originally from Famagusta, but they had to like migrate, oh, like migrate, whatever. Call that being a snake. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Cyprus got invaded by the Turks, so they didn't really have a choice. <laughs> that's ultimate snake move. <laughs> Pretty sure that's survival right there. Uh, <laughs> are the players on, on your team, are they kind of like, hometown heroes or are they from uh, around Europe or from Cyprus? So a lot of them are from Catalonia. Um, some of them are from Cyprus. I think there's like a rule where you have to have at least three players from your home country. Um, so the ones that are from Cyprus, they're like big heroes, but then also the ones that aren't from Cyprus. Like there are one of our best players, Triskovsky. He's, um, he's from Macedonia. What? Yeah, I was going to say, he sounds like Russian or something. Oh, Macedonian, yeah. close. Yeah, um, he like every time I see him downtown, he's always got people around him, like asking for autographs, whatever. It's just, it's not so much about like where you're from. It's more about like what you do for the city. Like you're in Larnaca playing for Larnaca, and you're like you're playing for your shirt. Um, and they really do love the team. Like I have, I've had multiple conversations with, especially this guy called Gases, who's from Spain. His first name is Nacho, which I love. Um, Nacho. Na- yeah, and he's like, oh, I've been living here for a couple years, and honestly, like this is where I want to have my family. Like this is a great place. Everyone treats us so well. And like, not many people speak Spanish here, but they try and they care, and that's what, like, I care about, which, like, you gotta love. Yeah. Yeah. These uh, hometown clubs, they really uh, have truly great stories. Can you uh, give us, like, uh, you don't have to sing or anything, but a chant that is common in the stadium? Do you have one? Um, yeah, well, it's it's in Greek, but, like, I'll say it and then I'll translate. It's like, I got a yasena tondrelo yatro, tone biskepto me sikhna, then echo spiti, then echo duya, then echo komena, then echo lefta. And it means, like, I, for you, I'll go to the crazy doctor every day. I don't have a house. I don't have a job. I don't have a girlfriend. And I don't have money, but you're all I need, basically. <laughs> I love that message. <laughs> yeah. It's the beautiful game, man. It's a beautiful game. Come on. All you need is the game. Exactly. You don't need anything else. I mean, it, it really is a religion, especially for our family. Like, mm. on Sunday mornings, instead of going to church, we will go to practice. You just say that part again with the yeah. mic. <laughs> I was just going to say... Um, 
it's it's really like a religion, especially for my family. On Sunday mornings, like we wake up and instead of going to church, we go to practice, and that's like more enjoyable, even though we are religious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I know you went to boarding school here in, in the U.S. and yeah. so, but you're here at Dartmouth as well now. Has it been difficult being away for for a while from from like the stadium, from the team, um, and your family also? But like, but what's it been like being away? Um, so when I was at boarding school, they used to have like they blocked all the sites where I could watch the games. So I would either Skype call my sister and try to like watch it from hers. Um, but that was really difficult, and our schedules didn't really line up. So um, a lot of the times I ended up just, like, following the score online. There's a really great app that, like, notifies you exact like, as soon as the goal happens. Um, Can we give a shout-out to the yeah. app? Yeah, Football Loop. Not, not, not a sponsorship. We're not a do- <laughs> not, not endorsement, but kind of. My brother invented it. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Oh, your brother oh, read today. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Nepotism, keep it. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but I think it's it's a lot easier at Dartmouth because I have like a more free schedule, so I can watch every game. And I, I like I like I said, I watch every game four or five times because like I have meetings with my dad and like my siblings about every game, and we talk about strategies. Even though, like I don't get paid for it, obviously, because that would go against my student visa. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it it has been difficult because it's like. It's a thing my family looks forward to, as I said multiple times, like mm. every every single weekend, like ev- every day, like leads up to it. And then from like Wednesday to Monday, you're on edge because you're like, oh my God, okay, like, are we going to win? Are we not going to win? And if you lose the game, it's just a, a really bad like environment in the house. So it's, mm. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, like you do what you can. I missed us getting the Super Cup and the um, the Cup last year. So that was just kind of annoying, but I mean, you're just happy it happens. Like it doesn't matter if you're necessarily there or not. Mm-hmm. I guess. Can you um take us through your outfit right now? Because for those of you listening at home, she didn't only come to the studio; she came in gear, yeah. special clothing. Is this can is this can we get this online? Can you explain <laughs> what you're wearing right now? There's some writing on the sides. Is that a sponsorship? I see. Puma. They got the Puma sponsorship. Oh. Ooh, this is the. Wavy. Yeah, this is an interesting kit. Can you explain this? Yeah, well, it's just a shirt with the Ike logo. (laughs) With the Puma stripes. Yeah, with the Puma stripes. But, um, I mean, yeah, you can buy it online. Like, there are some... (laughs) Official team merch. (laughs) There are some, like, scarves. The, um, The first scarves that Ike had, they stopped making them. And now, like, they're worth... They're worth a lot. And I have, like, a bunch of those, and I'm trying to keep those because, like, those are going to be worth so much in a couple years. <laughs> so here's hoping. But, yeah, merch is good. If you, if, you, if you had to name, like, three legendary, like, Cyprus soccer moments, could you do that? Or, like, or like players or national team, anything. Yeah. Nas- our national team is not good. Um, m- like, legendary players, I'll say Tonyo. He obviously he plays for Ike. Um, he's he's the goalie and he is one of the best goalies I've seen, especially like on a small team. He used to play he like he used to play for us and then he left um, because his wife ha- like was sick, so he had to go back to Spain. And then he came back, thank God, um, just in time for Europa League. Was his wife okay? Yeah, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I think 
legendary, legendary moment, I would say, um, we were playing Anorthosi two years ago, and this was, like, this was in, there were six minutes of, like, overtime at the end, um, and this was in minute five, and th- we scored, and then it was, like, this huge deal because it it might have might have been offside, but it might have not been offside. And so for like three days, the score wasn't like it wasn't finalized because they had people like replaying it and replaying it and discussing and debating what? over whether it was offside what? or not. It wasn't. So whatever. But um, Whoa. yeah, that's like, like an a- early form of VAR right there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's the beautiful game. Do you um do you follow any other teams or is this the only team? Are you loyal? This is the only team I care enough about to like actually keep t- like tabs on, but I do like Bayern and I do like Liverpool a bit. Cool. But like Chelsea's good too. I'm not hey. I'm not I'm not um against Chelsea. I also do not like Real Madrid at all. Okay, so you're happy right now then? Yeah. So do you th- do you think um, in the f- coming years your team is gonna like dominate the league? It seems like you're on the up and up. Got good management, a lot of support from the fans. <laughs> do you think? Um, good owner, good owner, of course. G- of course, great owner. great owner. We love what the owners doing. Um, do you, do you see the club continuing to succeed? Like, is that the hope, or do you think it's like a launch pad for like players who want to like play in Europe later? Like, where do you see the club headed? Yeah, well, we're we're doing a lot in terms of, like, we're finishing building our arena now, so, like, that's looking really good, and we're also um, trying to develop our academies for, like, the smaller kids so that they can also play with Ike, and we're also, like, um, getting loans from other, from other teams. Like, we have this uh, one guy, Facundo Garcia, who's from Argentina now. He's, like, he's, like, a star, apparently. He's 18, so that's, like... Pretty, it's pretty cool. So we're trying to get Ike's name out there, and sending like, like sending people on loan and like getting people on loan. So um, the name recognition. Yeah, we need the name recognition and also just like continuing in Europa League. Um, we'll see where it goes. I think it's I think it's looking really good. Well, this is some good getting your name out there in the world. with stoppage time, <laughs> hyping up Ike. Um, we might talk a little bit more after the break, but we're. What? All right. Yeah. So if you want to look online, it's A E K I K. And then what's it? Is it Larnaca? Larnaca. Larnaca. Okay. Yeah. But it's in Cyprus. So A E K Cyprus. Yeah. I took did a little uh, thirty second Wikipedia ambush right beforehand, so I know all about the club. Very, very, very awesome club. So we want to thank you for being here, pal. We might stick around, but we're gonna take a break right now. Uh, sponsored by Migos. I have stir fry here in the studio. No rules, so we're gonna listen to some stir fry. Bye, amigos. All right, let's get it going.
Okay, we're back with stoppage time. I'm Gavin Colbert. I'm Ari Londo. We're going to do some analysis from the week, results from the week. Big, big, big weekend that we had here um, in the Prem. With, we're going to start off with some results. Big result from Monday, actually. Man City 1-0 over Tottenham. It was weird because they were playing in Wembley. Basically, Tottenham's new stadium... I think it's getting delayed till the end of the year. They're not going to be able to play in it. So they played in Wembley right after NFL was here this weekend. So this, the field was all like gross. And that NFL symbol right in the middle of the field. So it's kind of funny to see them playing on it. Anyway, Man City, um, Man City won 1 0. Riyad Mahrez scored early, I think in the sixth minute. And he had a touching gesture to um, the former Leicester or the Leicester City owner who passed away this weekend as his helicopter was, was taking off from the stadium. Um, the. The pilot heroically flew it right in between the two car parks or, or parking lots, and um, and but the o- the owner died, and so did, so did everyone in the, in the helicopter. So um, it's really been great to see the, the Leicester City community coming together. He was the owner was such a great man. He put so much time uh, and money and really heart into the club. He was from Thailand, and so Leicester City when they had they won in 2014-15, I believe yeah or yeah, or it might have been fifteen sixteen I think can't remember now. Um, they had a, they had a tremendous tremendous year. Unexpected odds that they went from moving up all through the lower leagues to the Premier League in the Premier League for all, and then they won. It was a crazy year, and so um, it, Leicester City community 
is coming together right now. So rest in peace to the owner. But so Riyad Mahrez pointed up to the sky after he scored in tribute to the man who honestly argue, or arguably brought him to to where he is today on the on the on the global stage playing with Man City and Wembley. Yeah, another note about the man, the uh, owner. I heard he would give free breakfast to the fans who came to away games, and like that approach of just giving back to the fans who make your club so successful. They are they put you on the map really. Like the the players can be there, but. It's the fans at the end of the day who make a club special. So him recognizing that and giving back to the club in that way and realizing that it's this is the fans. Like Leicester like doesn't have the best, like most prestigious history in England. Like we're gonna start a new culture here and he really did, and that's why you see so many fans coming out, laying flowers down, and um all these players who played under him, like he they had a personal connection with him. They know him personally, like on a first name basis, so he was really hands-on and really a big impact on the club. So it's good to see the support. Um, hopefully it's a model for other clubs in the future of how you should be managing um, a Premier League team. That's what you'd like to see. Definitely, definitely. So now we're going to move on to some other results. We have Chelsea, 4-0 over Burnley. Mad respect to Chelsea. Without Eden Hazard, he's still getting over some back injuries that he suffered they looked really, really good. It's a tough place to go. Turf more away at Burnley. Joe Hart's the goalie. He's in form. Um, and, and Chelsea just looked absolutely dominant. With Sarri Ball, their, their new coach from Italy, Maurizio Sarri, he has that style of play where it's kind of like a tiki-taka. They're always passing, always fluid. Really, really fun to watch. Um, Murata scored. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's always good. Ross Barkley scored. Willian scored. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek scored. So uh, Chelsea's really looking great. They were looking... I'm kind of coming around to the yellow kits that they're wearing. They... Their away kit is yellow. They look like highlighters, but I kind of like it. If we win, I like it. They're disgusting. You have to understand. <laughs> the only team in the Premier League allowed to wear yellow is Watford, and that's it. Like Chelsea, iconic blue, and they get black. That's their color. They're allowed to keep that for their away games. Yellow is taking it too far. You've, in, you've encroached on someone else's territory, and I, I don't like that. Just you gotta keep the tradition strong. I would say they look kind of wavy. Their their third kit too, light blue with the orange socks and, and like the little stripe on the back. I kind of like it. But regardless, I don't care what they wear. They could wear trash bags. So <laughs> Real Madrid jerseys out there. And uh, <laughs> and if they play well, it's fine. Just kidding. I respect Real Madrid. They're in not great form right now, but the team has class. People forget. Well, I'm segueing to Spain a little bit, but people forget. Uh, when you're not playing well, they just discount you. They say, "Oh, you're trash." But Real Madrid is a class team. Class team. All right, we're going to stay in the Prem before we hop on the jet to Spain. We got two teams left in the Premier League who are, have no wins yet. No wins. Newcastle United and Huddersfield Town. Two struggling clubs. Huddersfield, more recent addition. Newcastle's kind of been up and down lately. Um, ten games played, three draws each. Separated by goal differential. Newcastle, negative eight. Huddersfield Town, negative 17. Terrible. Both teams absolutely terrible. Playing, they've been playing bad teams, and they can't even win those games. So, Relegate? I smell relegation coming. I honestly, I don't know. Do we think Huddersfield Town can get a win by Christmas? Yeah. Do we think so? I think so, yeah. So we only have one mic in the booth, so we're kind of, kind of roughing it. Someone was filming with the mic last time, are you? Um, <laughs> and also. I just want to talk about, too, 
the prem the top of the prem is really really tight right now five points separating five teams arsenal drew with crystal palace over the weekend tough result for them late penalty there were two penalties scored by Crystal Palace, and Tottenham lost to Man City. But it's really close. It's good that the, the league is being pushed because it used to just be a one-horse league. Last year, just Man City. And I'm loving, absolutely loving that Chelsea are title contenders. Um, you have Man City, Liverpool. Mo Salah is back in form. And that's always good. The Egyptian king running down the wing, Mo Salah. Can you imagine what it must be like to be a Manchester United fan right now? You lose to West Ham. You're like... 11th in the table, and suddenly there's a ray of a hope. You beat Everton. Tied Chelsea, beat Everton. Everton, a team that could have given them problems. They're 8th and ninth in the table right now. Man, you jumped ahead of Everton, making some strides. You can't get to the top if you don't win the first game, if you don't win the second game. Get some points going. I think Mourinho's maybe salvaging it. I, I think that the way Man United is headed right now, they have this upward trajectory, and I think they're going to keep it going, maybe be a top six contender, even in, dip into the top five, because Tottenham seems to be slowing down a little bit. They're separated by four points right now. It's a long season. Anything can happen. I don't think they're in title contention anymore, but they can definitely make something out of this season. It's good to see. The Titans are back. Mourinho is back. Some speculation out there. He might be on the edge. He might be losing his job going to Real Madrid again. Just some thoughts. What do you have to say about that? I don't think Jose Mourinho is back. I think Manu, they're just too mediocre. Uh, I wouldn't want Jose Mourinho at Real Madrid. I mean, come on. Real Madrid, they want to be fluid. They want to have offense. That's what they're known for. So I wouldn't recommend Jose Mourinho, Mr. Park the Bus, at, <laughs> at the Santiago Bernabeu. But I will say is that Bournemouth and Watford are hanging in there. They're six and seven, and Bournemouth especially, they were promoted to the league, I think, three years ago, and they're playing really well. They're twenty, they're on twenty points. They're almost level with Tottenham, and they're they're playing really well. Their manager, Eddie Howe, he's a legend at the club. Um, and the club almost like went through scares of bankruptcy and now they're in the Prem, up with the big giants. I mean, come on, mad respect to them, honestly. Should we uh, should we hop on the jet, travel around Europe, or you want to say a little more? Just got to talk about some stats real quick. Okay. You know, Bournemouth is in the top five in goal scored this season. No one saw that coming. They have a league leader in assists, Ryan Frazier, who really had nothing going for him last few seasons. Like, I think they're a very gritty team right now, and I think that they give opponents a hard time. Um, I can't really think of anyone who stands out on that team. It's like a flashy name. It's all really humble guys who are playing really well right now. Um, you love to see that. They have a fraction of the budget of the major clubs. Really blue-collar area, Bournemouth. Um, and it's good to see. It's good for the game. I mean, they have Joshua King, the Norwegian the Norwegian striker, the king of Norway. Just kidding, we have a real king. Um <laughs> Chelsea is still doing well in yeah. passing. We got to talk about that. Passing? Yeah. So I, th- I saw a stat that um, N'Golo Conte, Ross Barkley, and Jorginho all had around 92 to 94% passing accuracy. The midfield of Chelsea is strong, strong, strong. N'Golo Conte, good defense as always. N'Golo Conte. Oh, there are, so there are five Chelsea 
players with in the top 10 of passes. So and like total passing for the season. So they're looking really good. That's sorry ball. It's all about that quick passing, not letting the defense settle, all about the press. Um, I, I honestly think that Chelsea can go all the way this year. And they can, might be able to win the Europa League as long as uh, Ajax doesn't give them too much trouble. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so, yeah. No, no. Bad respect, Ajax. Come on. Uh, should, we hop on the, should we hop on the jet now to Espana? I think we should. I think we, we got to head over to Espana. We had a Clasico over the weekend. The big, big match. But... Messi and Ronaldo were not playing. Of course, Ronaldo is at Juventus this season. Messi broke his arm during a game. He's back training now already, so it proves that he's the GOAT. The GOATs heal faster than humans. You, you already know. Uh, Barcelona smacked Real Madrid 5-1. Immediately after, Lopetegui, Lopetegui gets fired. Their manager gets fired. It's been a sad year for him. So he took the Spanish national team job. Right before the World Cup, he took the Real Madrid job. Which might have been like a contract violation. I'm not sure, but he got fired from the national team right beforehand, which arguably didn't help Spain as they lost to, to Russia eventually. Uh, and then now he's been fired from Real Madrid after not that many games. Real Madrid just need goals. They're missing Ronaldo. He's put in a tough situation. Lopetegui's dad, I don't know how old he is, but his dad said, "You took a hundred goals away from my son, getting rid of Ronaldo." And I don't know a hundred goals for for a season, but uh, it's just. It's a really tough situation for him, and Real Madrid just not looking like themselves. They're ninth in La Liga. They they really need to step it up. Yeah, going off of that, they have zero goal differential right now. They're ninth in La Liga. Scored. They have 14 points on 10 games played. It's looking pretty bad for them. Um, firing their coach, I think, isn't going to change much. It's about the players there. Benzema up top, really not doing much if you don't have that that attacking speed. That Ronaldo brought that X factor. Um, it's very sta- it's very static right now, and uh, I think they gotta bring some people in in January, um, and see what happens. Um, another news story in La Liga right now. Alaves is that how you pronounce it? Alaves. Alaves. Second in La Liga, one point behind Barcelona. One point. Where did they come from? Gavin, tell me, where did they come from? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> we need to get our stats guys on. That should have been there for us. 20 points in 10 games played. One point behind Barcelona. It is a tight one. It is a tight one in La Liga right now. There are five teams within a win of taking the top. So much pressure is on Barcelona right now to keep the top. And none of those teams behind them are named Real Madrid, who can take the top spot. Alave, Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, Espanyol. We haven't had we haven't had a La Liga like this in so long, and I think Ronaldo leaving is not only exciting because it made Italian soccer more competitive, but because it made Spanish soccer more competitive by bringing down the level of play for Real Madrid. You opened up so many doors for the rest of Spain to showcase what they have, and that's beautiful. True, but Barcelona is playing really well. So without Messi, Luis Suarez t- took up and and. Um, and Coutinho. Coutinho played really, really well. Luis Suarez scored a hat trick. Uh, one of them was a pen, I believe. He kind of flopped a little bit, but it's fine. And Rakitic always plays well. So, I mean, Barcelona are looking very, very strong. Um, it was it was kind of close. I mean, Real Madrid did hit the post a couple times. Unlucky. So, that's just the way it happens and end up being 5-1. Dembele, Usman Dembele, the, the French international, came on for Barcelona and, and really changed the game. So, so, that was big time. And, really cute story. 
Paco. No, 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 not Paco. Oh, ooh. Maybe it was Paco. No, I can't remember who it is. Um, the striker. I'll, I'll get back to you on, on this story. Hold on. You, you, you fill in for me. I need to look up the story. Got to get the stats guy on that one, too. All right. Yeah, we'll keep, it, we'll keep it in Spain. We'll keep it in Spain. Talk about Spanish soccer right now. I think it's interesting. Christian Stuani is actually leading the, go- the league in goals scored. Stuani, of course, um, is playing for Girona. He has eight goals scored, ten games played. It's really doing well. Um, Luis Suarez, Lionel Messi, close second place with seven goals. They're catching up, but uh, Stuani's had a... Almost a breakout season, you could say. Hopefully, he keeps it up. You love to see that. Um, Oliver leading in assists, five assists, tied with Lionel Messi. Um, yeah, it's a really even year this year in Spanish soccer right now. Um, we'll have to see if the Champions League plays a role in Barcelona not really being able to take off and uh, play like they once did, where they're totally dominant. So that's the storyline you got to keep your eye on if you care about soccer. Yeah, I can't, I can't really predict right now if Barcelona's going to win because I really want to believe that there's a surprise in store. Um, it can't always be the best the best team that wins the league. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this is Letico's Madrid's year. The underdog for so long. The third-place team for so long. Maybe this is the time they break out. They step over the body of Real Madrid. They catapult themselves past Barcelona. Some Griezmann magic. Actually, fun fact. I heard today Griezmann said he wants to finish his career in the MLS. Maybe putting some Premier League rumors to rest. Possibly. All right, so we got the stats guy on it, and it was Iago Aspas from Spain. He, so he flew, or he went home, or went to the hospital. His child was born. Then he slept at the hospital that night, went to the game in the morning, and scored a hat trick. You can't make this stuff up. I'm pretty sure Luis Suarez might have done that too, but that's unconfirmed. Our stats guy really needs to pick it up over here. Um, <laughs> but that's a that's a cool story. Um, should we head over to to France, Ville de France? We'll head on, We'll keep. We'll stay on the the URL and we'll head over to France right now. Um, there was Le Classique over the weekend. It's Marseille versus PSG. Kind of interesting story. It turns out that Mbappe and Rabiot. I'm pretty sure. Both of them were not allowed to start the game because they were late to a team meeting. And they were late to a team meeting because they were watching El Clasico. So, I mean, that's something that, something that it happens to soccer fans. You know, you got to watch it sometimes. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it, on as soon so PSG is a really, really good team, of course. But when Abape came on the field, he changed the game. He His talent is ridiculous. He scored 10 goals now in the French League already. And I think maybe 13 games or something like that. It's honestly ridiculous. Mbappe is ridiculous. PSG is ridiculous. They're too good for the league. Let's see if they can do well in Europe, though. I I, I don't know. They seem they haven't been clutch recently in Europe. So we'll, we'll see. Kind of proves that you can't just buy can't just buy a, a, a trophy, you know. Talk about buying trophies. Real Madrid should go all out this summer, like straight up. This summer, they should pick up Eden Hazard, Mo Salah. Just no rule. They should go after like, anyone who they want. They need to be back in top form. And that's why financial fair play exists to yeah. stop to stop these realities, these fantasies that you're having. 
Stop it. Speaking of buying titles, though, Monaco in the French League. Terry Henry in his first game in domestic play came in as manager. He tied. Not such a great start. Had a, I think it was a loss, maybe a tie in the Europa League, Champions League, and then they had a tie at home. They're in relegation right now. It's going to be a long climb back just to stay alive. Um, yeah, we, we wish the luck to uh, the hand of God, man. Terry Henry himself. Um, it's going to be a long season, that's for sure. Keep your eye on Monaco. It may be get re- 19th, in the league. 19th out of 20 teams. Might get, re- might get relegated. You hate to see it. You hate to see it. And Bruce Dorman was trying to stay on fire in the Bundesliga. He ended up tying Hertha Berlin, I believe, 2-2. Um, the, it was close at the end again. They scored late. So uh, Hertha scored late. But Dorman's looking strong still, but now they're only two points above Bayern. They look to be kind of breaking away, and now, now they're back. They've been in insane form with Paco Alcacer and Christian Blissick today. They played They played in the, the German League Cup. He played well. He scored a goal. He had some assists, so that's good for for U.S. soccer, of course. Got to hype up our man Pulisic. Um, do, you have, do you have a do you have a FIFA hot take for us? Is that what I'm seeing right now? FIFA hot take right now? Yeah, or we can we can break it up with a song. All right, we got big news. Okay. Absolutely big news. I won in FIFA for the first time on legendary mode Ooh. against the computer. Oh, that's big time. And then I won three times on legendary mode today. I found the secret. Man United. Do you play FIFA? Kind of. Dang. Gotta have a tournament. Yeah. Alright. Legendary mode. Man U. I beat PSG. I beat Borussia Dortmund. I beat Bayern. And now, beat Real Madrid. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm on fire right now. If anyone, if anyone at Dartmouth wants to try and come through... Wheeler 214, you know where I am. I will take you. Any time of day, I'll find the time. That's an open That's an open offer. Just a thought. I'm talking about this with my girlfriend. Shout out, Sarah. This is her idea. If, you know, you know when the players come to you and they're like, oh, like, I'm homesick. Like, send me, like, away. Like, I don't want to be on this team anymore. Like, oh, like. Like, sorry. Sorry we're paying you, like, 170000 to be my backup right back. You know, like, I already paid you so much. I don't care about you anymore, you know? They're like, oh, I'm feeling homesick. Like, send, send me somewhere else. Like, there should be, like, a challenge in the game where they have to, like, literally send you to the country that the guy's homesick, you know? Like, that would spice it up a little bit. I think that's an incredible addition to the game. Like, like otherwise, you're just, like, sending this, like, Benoit Asuakoto. Like, he's homesick. He wants to be back in the Ivory Coast. Or, like, and you send him to Russia. Like, you're doing him dirty like that. You got to send him where he wants to go. Send him back to his family. You're keeping him from his kids. That's all I'm saying. Help the man. We're deep into some FIFA lore right now. <laughs> that's basically what's, that's what's going on. Um, we're going to bring it back here to the U.S. right now. And specifically, we're going to talk about the MLS. Lesnar, MLS expert, what's going on? It was a big week in the MLS. We had a big time. We had a great time. New York Red Bulls down by a point in the table to Atlanta United for the Supporters Shield. That's like how soccer is meant to be played. If you win the Supporters Shield, you're the best team in the MLS. 
no playoffs, playoffs aside, that's American. If you win the Supporters' Shield, you are the best team. Red Bulls are historic this season. Nobody cares about them. Every single week, I go on to the MLS Facebook, I go on to the MLS Instagram, they're always like, oh, like, we got, like, these are the best players of the week. Never is it the Rebels. They don't get any respect. Historic team. Atlanta United playing Toronto FC. Atlanta United is supposed to win the Supporters' Shield this year. Toronto FC is the second worst team in the league. So bad. Toronto FC beats them 4-1. I see Toronto FC is up 2-0. My heart starts pounding. Then it's 2-1. I'm scared. Then it suddenly is 4-1. And the Red Bulls scored against Orlando Orlando City. Like, we won the Supporters' Shield. New York is red. The New York Red Bulls are the best team in America right now. You, ha- you can't, no one can beat us. Historic. We don't get the respect we deserve. And we're in the biggest market, too. It's absurd. We're going to win the playoffs. We won the Supporters' Shield. We're coming. We have the best young talent in America. Homegrown. We got those international players. This is our year. New York Red Bulls fans, big time. Very exciting. This is, this is how you get into the MLS. Other big news in the MLS is Latani Ibrahimovic, LA Galaxy. They need, they need to get a win to get into the playoffs. They needed a win. They were up 2 nothing on Houston Dynamo. Zlatan in the game. All their star players in the game. Suddenly it's 2-1. Then it's 2-2. And then Houston Dynamo, another terrible team. 3-2. Knocks the Galaxy out. Zlatan is not invincible anymore. The birds are calling for him to go back to Europe. He's upset. There was a picture of him on the sideline looking sad. Zlatan's never sad. He's always winning. It's a, it's a tumultuous time in America. Right now, the playoffs have started. NYCFC is beating Philadelphia Union in the knockout round. We'll see what happens. But very exciting Sunday, this past Sunday. New York Rebels looking poised to win it all. LA Galaxy knocked out. Big time. Gavin, yeah, do you have anything to say? Yeah, so you can peep the MLS playoffs coming up soon. Of course, uh, DCFC, is that what it is? DC United. DC United, sorry. D- uh, DCFC kind of sounds cooler, but it's fine. DC United made the playoffs with Wayne Rooney, came back, so that was cool. <clears throat> Al- Alfonso, I want to talk about Alfonso Davies. He plays for Toronto FC. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He plays for Vancouver Whitecaps FC. Shout out to Vancouver. And uh, this was his last game. I'm pretty sure they're not in the playoffs. He's going to Bayern. That's how good he is. He's a Canadian international, but he was actually a really interesting story. He was born in a refugee camp in Ghana. His parents were Liberian, and he was born in a refugee camp. He came to Canada through a refugee program, and he became he started to play for the Canadian national team, Vancouver Whitecaps, and now he's going off to, on, off to Bayern. So he's in really, really good form. That's really cool to see uh, something like that go to the big time especially. Yeah, my favorite thing about this kid was when I was watching him, he was in the interviews, he still had his braces on. Like, he was a real guy. Like, you really, and he was like shy on camera. Like, he's there because he's a great soccer player. I just hope he doesn't like peter out like all these other guys do. It'd be great. He, I think he's, yeah, I mean, he, like, he lives in Canada because he plays for Vancouver. So he's not going to be on the American team, but he's, uh, I, he's, um, a young talent making the MLS look good. 
Byron's actually set up some connections now. They have like some like joint programs with the Houston Dynamo. Actually, a lot of these clubs in Europe, like the Red Bulls, have the pipeline to Red Bull Leipzig, Red Bull Salzburg, where they make it easier to loan players and get young talent on both sides. So like MLS teams need guys who won't be starting in Europe. They get them here. They make these exclusive deals. I think it's great. Um, good way to connect different leagues, get that young talent going to Europe where we need them for the national team to grow here um, and get players from there to make our league stronger. So it's a, it's a great relationship that we have. Um, only good things to come. So now we're going to have a little, little new segment here, talking about some viral moments from the week. Uh, the NFL played in, in London. Zach, I'm pretty sure it was Zach Ertz or some, one of the tight ends, one of the receivers for the Philadelphia Eagles, scores a touchdown and in where, State, where Tonda plays in Wembley. He gave the the Deli Ali celebration with uh, the finger where you put you flip your hand up and you like look through your. It was, it was pretty cool. It looks like a monocle. It was really cool. Mad respect to him for for knowing what the, what that's what that is and what it means. Also, viral moment. Paul Pogba. He had a penalty this weekend. His run up to the penalty missed that he ended up missing, but he scored off the rebound. It was slower than Usain Bolt's fastest world record time. That's how long it took him when the whistle. When he started his walk, he like does this little jog, and so he he had some humor himself. What he said was, um, he said he was jogging to his car. Like this is how he always goes. It's a lifestyle. So that was cool. Also, shout out to Mesut Ozil for being Mesut Ozil for, from Arsenal for being humble. They said other than being like a really good soccer player, what other secret talent would you like to have? What other super special talent? He said being invisible, because he kind of people always say he goes invisible on the pitch. It's hard to find him. Hard to see him. So mad respect to him for being humble. And also we want to, that's it for our viral segment. Let us know if you want to hear any more. Um, and a little preview for this upcoming weekend. We have Arsenal-Liverpool, which is going to be a big, big game. Big test for Arsenal to see if they can uh, play a big team. And Liverpool is looking to stay in their good form. And we're going to come, we're, we're zooming around here, but we're going to come back to, to Hanover with homecoming weekend. Dartmouth Soccer had a big win, 2-0 over Harvard. Mad respect, mad respect to Dartmouth Soccer out here representing Hanover. Uh, we have some upcoming games, November 3rd at Cornell and then versus Brown on November 10th, and then the season ends there. So uh, it's, been, it's been an adjustment period a little bit with the new coach, but, um, but always, always trying hard. At, at 500 right now, winning percentage, not bad, not bad at all. Okay, so we're going to talk about development of stoppage time. We're coming out with a website soon, hopefully. We're still waiting on this, <laughs> this, that, the tech guy for that. Um, we're going to have these radio shows available on podcasts. You can check us out. The website is going to be... Uh, we'll, we'll announce it later because we haven't uploaded it yet. But I want to shout out the Twitter. Twitter, name, stoppage time. Instagram, stoppage time underscore 90. And our... Our website now yet available is stoppagetime90.squarespace.com. We'll we'll keep um, we'll keep you updated. So basically, the website's going to have these radio shows in podcast form. Looking maybe some blogs, maybe some videos, and uh, and always stay in tune to the social. Uh, we're going to start really going hard with Stoppage Time as a media platform. So thank you guys for for listening and always because we're really trying to really trying to grow this from from Thurlow Robinson out out into the world. Honestly. Um, we have to end a little early today because we have a special broadcast coming on for Halloween, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. So we have to head out off Dartmouth Radio. But we want to thank you guys for listening to Week 5 of Stoppage Time, Episode 5. As always, tune in next week. We're going to be on at 7 p.m. 
next week, hopefully with some new news, some new guests, some games. We want to thank Pow. Give it up for Pow. Pow for being here, talking Ayak. That was awesome. Um, and honestly, thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Any last words, Ari? Just thank you for supporting the beautiful game. I'm Ari Londo. And I'm Gavin Colbert. This has been Stoppage Time. This has been stoppage time. <laughs>